0: to the Baseball Show, Chicago's only interactive nightly show focused on the Cubs, the White Sox, and Major League Baseball. On radio, on app, on podcast. Listen to the show your way on ESPN 1000 with our new ESPN Chicago
1: app. The
0: Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood, presented by Goose Island Beer Company, on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000.
1: What's up and welcome in to the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company, Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN MLB show at ESPN MLB show. The Cubs will take on Kansas City in a few minutes uh, as it is going to be you Darvish Darvish pitched seven sharp innings and the Cubs beat the skidding Royals six to one on Wednesday night for their sixth straight victory. I've never said that you, Darvish, can't pitch. You just want more consistency from him. Chatwood is on the mound for the Cubs tonight as they're going to play uh, in a few moments from Kauffman Stadium. Javier Baez, he drove in two runs for the Cubs, uh, who are now 10-2 and on the season. Kansas City, as I mentioned, lost their sixth straight. Bryant and Rizzo came through in a big way. Let's go back in time to the Marquee Sports Network. The Cubs were just hammered the Royals yesterday. And a line shot, base hit to right,
0: coming around yeah, third and scoring is Rizzo. It's four to one. Nice salvage by Contreras. Caratini into right, half around third's gonna score. It's five to one. Victor he ate, ate the cookie. He <laughs> ate that cookie. Yeah, he did. So the Cubs have two on, with nobody out, and Baez in the air. Right field, and it is fair. Bryant's going to score. And Baez, I don't know if he waited out of the box, but he knocks in Bryant, and it's 1-1. to Yeah, I don't know if he lost sight of that ball or not because he did not run out of the box.
1: Right there on the Marquee Sports Network, Lennon J.D. on the call as the Cubs won yesterday against Kansas City. Let's put a pin in that uh, Baez bloop single that he didn't run out. As I give you the lineup for tonight's game, it'll be Bryant over at third, Rizzo at first, Baez at short, Schwarber the left fielder, Contreras the catcher, Hayward in right field, Curatini's the D.H. Horner at second, Hap the center fielder and Tyler Chatwood, who's been red hot on the mound for the Chicago Cubs. Cubs. Now, let's talk about what happened yesterday where Baez, in, in that bloop single, he did not run it out. So let's hear from David Ross, the manager for the Cubs, uh, as he would, didn't seem like he was very happy in that Zoom camera about the question regarding Javier Baez.
2: That's a really close play. And if we want to nitpick, you know, like, you know that that ball was looked like it was barely fair from our vantage point um I, I wasn't hobby so from where I can see it you know if if, if I want to be the type of manager that that you know, nick picks every little thing these guys go out and play their butt off every single night for me and for this group and uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna if, if I feel like they're dogging it well, we'll have a conversation but I feel like that's a play that he may assume was foul um I think hobby is one of the most uh, exciting players. And he plays hard every time I see him out there on the field. So I don't have a problem with a guy that, that brings it every single day. And I spend some in the lineup that you think a ball is foul. I, I've got to save his legs. He's going to be in there every night.
1: So the thoughts there from David Ross on that. Okay, so that's the wrong answer. That 44 seconds on trying to defend Javi Baez is the wrong answer. The correct answer is, here's the quote that Ross should have used. I talked to him about it after the game. We're on the same page now. We'll make sure that doesn't happen moving forward. Simple as that. It doesn't seem like he is too heavy-handed. It doesn't seem like he's too soft. It's just right. It's just the right tone. The answer that Ross gave uh, was an answer Madden may have said to the press a few years ago. The last thing that you want is the old boss to be the new boss with the Cubs. If you make a change and you have a manager, you want to make sure that that manager speaks to the mistake that happened and sends a message. See, here's the thing that some people forget. The last couple of seasons, the Cubs have just been too relaxed. Too relaxed. Uh, Just like some Cub fans have been too relaxed. Oh, we won the World Series in 2016. That's great, but... You want to be able to build on that the, the next few years. It's one thing to have that moment, and no one will ever take that moment away from you if you watch Cubs baseball and saw the Cubs win in 2016. Point is, though, is that just like it is in Boston or New York, just like it is in Philadelphia, just like it is in L.A., you just can't just rest on 2016. You want to have sustained success as much as possible. And the team has been a winning team, but the thing that keeps the Cubs in a conversation to be a world series contender is doing things the right way, playing it the right way and playing it the right way is, is that when you hit a ball down the line, just, just, I don't know, just run down to first base, just in case you don't know where that ball is going to go. And this is not just like this thing that we're going to magnify a million times. Cause that's not necessarily where I'm going with this. What I'm saying is, is that you want to make sure that you have a conversation with the player, And let the player know, like, hey, we want to make sure that everybody's on the same page, that everyone has to take an extra step because look how you played last year. Look how you played a couple of years ago. That's the only point. You just want to be able to say, let's do something a little bit different than what we have done the last couple of years. That's the message. It's not blowing up the Cubs. It's not saying that Ross is a bad manager or that Javi's lazy. What we're talking about is is just making sure that you have things buttoned up and that you're playing differently. Yeah, the Cubs are winning, and that's a good thing. It doesn't matter the competition that they're playing. You'd rather win those games than lose those games. But from David Ross's standpoint, the reason why he's in there is to button up those issues. I don't think that Madden should have been replaced, but there's some things that Theo and Jed saw in Madden that thought, you know, team's a little bit too relaxed. Ah, I'm not really great with the grab ass. Ah, I'm not really great with the you know with the the pink backpack and dressing up, especially when the team's not playing well or it's underachieving. Maybe we should t- take a different approach, and the different approach is someone that came from the ESPN booth, and David Ross, to be the manager of this team. And so you would think that maybe that approach is different. See, it, it again. The quote, it seems a little bit soft. It's not about nitpicking. It's about doing your job. How about that? It's a, it's a good thing to do your job to say, hey, simply, I talked to him about it after the game. We're on the same page now. And just stop it right there. But just going on for 44 seconds about, well, we're just not going to nitpick these things. Listen, the average baseball fan probably doesn't care. But if you've seen this Cubs team and you say, well, how come this Cubs team can't get to the next level? Or how come this Cubs team aren't doing the fundamental things that they did to get to the World Series in 2016. Well, that's just a microcosm of it. You just don't want that to linger and feel, this is the same locker room as it was last year, because it's not. Jonathan Hood with you on the baseball show, presented by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. I gave you the lineups for the Cubs. Cubs taking on Kansas City right now. The over-under for this game is 9.5. Cubs are minus 1.5 on the run line. Minus 164 on the money line in this contest against Kansas City at Kauffman Stadium. Let's go to the White Sox now. The White Sox, boy, I tell you what, the Brewers stopped Chicago's best streak since a six game run in August or rather April of twenty seventeen. The White Sox won the previous two nights at Miller Park, but they fell short. The Sox had me invested for nine innings. I want to see if they were going to come through because with this Sox team so far this year, you're expecting the unexpected, especially with young players. So the Sox, at one point, they had two on in the sixth after Mendick doubled and Moncada reached on an infield single. But after hitting a tie-breaking single the previous night, Abreu struck out. And ended the threat. It wasn't that many threats out there, but that was a good one. When you have a couple of guys on the base pass, you think Abreu's going to come through and it doesn't happen. But the positive is that Keiko once again came through. It's what I've wanted watching the White Sox looking for their version of John Lester. Keiko struck out eight over seven innings while allowing one run and seven hits. And he, of course, he's a 2015 AL Cy Young Award winner. He walked one. But now 0-5 and, and 6 starts against the Brewers. Boy, if you had a bet on that, you probably would have taken the Brewers. But that's what happened. Cubs, the, the Sox fell short. Uh, but I will say this. The resolve of the White Sox comes into play. You know, Anderson gets hurt. Young players like Madrigal, as well as Lopez, Rodan, they're out. And so the talent is very viable. But now, how viable can they be in the race in the American League Central? So... Let's go back, uh, Eric, and talk a little bit uh, about Dallas Keuchel because, as I mentioned, he was solid for the White Sox. Eight strikeouts. Let's hear that montage.
3: Dallas Keuchel having a real good start to his White Sox career. Swing
0: and a miss. Strike three. It was a changeup. One gone. Struck him out. Another changeup. Two wiped away on the changeup and two gone. Called strike three. He pumped in a sinker on the inside corner, and in Dallas Keuchel has all ground balls and strikeouts so far. Strike three, second strikeout for Hira. One two. That's there. Strike three. Keuchel's got five punchouts. There's strike three. Tell us about it. There's the first thing. Two left on, four stranded. Keuchel has punched out seven so far. Keuchel, strike three, swinging. He dropped down a little bit. One, two, three inning for Dallas Keuchel.
1: Yeah, really solid by Keichel. Eight strikeouts right there on NBC Sports Chicago. And tonight, it's the Sox against the Brewers. Josh Lindblom with a 5 ERA. He gets to start from Milwaukee against Gio Gonzalez with a 7.36 ERA getting the ball. Eric, I told you, like, Gio's more of a long man than a starter, but because of the injuries, Gio's pressing the service. The uh, over under for this game is 9. The Sox are plus one and a half on the money on the run line, minus 103 on the money line. So we'll see what happens.
4: It's one of those, if you're going to bite the White Sox to win, bet the over. Because Gio's going to give up a bunch and the White Sox are going to score a bunch if you think they're going to win. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, you can't have anything, any sort of faith in
1: Gio Gonzalez. Third time around with the organization actually working for the White Sox now and you get this version of Gio. But it's, a, it's almost like Kenny Williams made the choice let me get you at the end of your career and so you can be an attraction uh it's just you're looking for five innings solid, if you can, from Gio, if he can give you that. I don't, that'd, be, that sure.
4: that'd be great. A five innings solid from Gio would be exactly what you'd want from him.
1: Turn it over to the bullpen, see what happens. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Let's talk to you. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number on the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company here on ESPN 1000. Al and Logan Square with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. Hello, Al.
2: Hey, Jonathan, uh, first time caller, man, I listen to you a lot of times. I agree with you many, many times. Uh, you know, as a Yankee fan growing up here in Chicago and Logan Square, mm-hmm. all my life I've always had friends always give me stuff about the Cubs. And I've always said it's always about just the, the, the atmosphere and the expectations, right? And you brought up the Yankees, right? That's a great, great point. Mm-hmm. Ross? put his foot in his mouth and he should have not said that because there's a high expectations. You don't want to be a one hit wonder like they were like they have been. I guarantee my friends that they were not going to win in the next 20 years because of just habits and the things that they do. And they, they haven't been proving me wrong. Yankee fans, however, if you have a bad year, we start booing right away. Right. If we're second place, we start booing right away because we have higher expectations. <laughs> Ross should have said, hey, you know what? I talked to Bias. We talked about it. We're going to fix it because we cannot just give up a win, a loss, or a play because it's a short season. Everything counts this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate your telephone call. You know, there are some Cub fans and Sox fans that take the seventh inning stretch literally. Root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, oh, it's a shame. If for Yankees fans or Phillies fans or for Mets fans or Boston Red Sox fans or some Dodger fans, you know, root 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 for the home team, if we don't win, we riot. That's the difference. Right? They're trying to set the set the world on fire if their team is not in the World Series or winning the World Series. All I'm saying is is that again, we're just trying to look at it from this standpoint that you've got to be able to look at a situation like Baez and say, Hey, you know what? This is not the Madden era. If you thought that Madden was too soft, all right, so here's Ross. Ross is supposed to change it. Don't say, I don't want, well, I don't want to nitpick every little thing. It's not nitpicking. It's, it's just you want to make sure that you have a certain level of action, a certain way of going about your business. And, you know, if that's too tough or if that is too rough for some people, that's too bad. The expectation should be the World Series, not whether or not is feelings is hurt there's is, is his feelings hurt? No. Like, you got to play the game the right way. This is what's always talked about in baseball. So if that's for bias or anybody else on either side of town. The lineup for the White Sox, by the way. Robert at the top of the lineup with Moncada at third. Abreu at first. Grandal, the catcher. Jimenez in left. Mazzara in right. Garcia, the shortstop. Collins is the DH hitting eighth. Mendick at second base, hitting ninth, and Gonzalez, we mentioned, Gio on the mound for the White Sox against the Brewers. We are going to do something that we have never done on the baseball show, but we're going to do it coming up next, and we're going to need your phone calls. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Think about some things from back in the day for yourself as a longtime baseball fan. We're going to need your Thoughts about something that Eric and I have put together. That is next. The baseball show brought to you by Goose. Tonight's baseball show is brought to you by Lucky's Lounge in Chicago Ridge. Stop in and grab a couple of Goose Island White Sox Golden Ales tonight. Lucky's Lounge in Chicago Ridge is a proud official White Sox bar. And it's a phenomenal place to watch a White Sox game.
0: This is the show about the show. You've been in
3: the show, man? The baseball show with Jonathan Hood.
0: Yeah, I was in the show. On Chicago's Home for Sports. The greatest days of my life.
3: ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app.
1: Thank you, Eric, for dusting off the old biggest theme. <laughs> the old Vegas TV show thing. It was
4: on my page. I was like, you know, I haven't <laughs> heard this in a minute. It was. It
1: was on the same page. The button still works with the old <laughs> Vegas theme. Robert Urek from like the 70s. It's great. Uh, this is the baseball show uh, brought to you by Goose Island Beer Company, Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. At ESPN ML- MLB Show. That's the show. Uh, that gives you all the information that you need. The baseball show, Cubs, Sox, everything else, Major League Baseball. We keep you abreast of what is going on. Uh, the Cubs and Royals going into the top of the second at Kaufman Stadium. No score uh, in that contest. Well, we are going to bring our under-the-hood show to the baseball show, and we're going to need your phone calls here at 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. As we've told you from the beginning, the baseball show is a show that's completely interactive. Well, You're going to be interactive here because we are going to bring back something that Eric and I talked about earlier uh, in the baseball show last week. And going to ask your question. I'm going to get your reaction to this. It is a throwback Thursday because let me check the calendar. Let's see. Yep, August 6th, 2020. uh, My calendar is a Thursday. It's not just a a Thursday, my friends. It's a throwback Thursday. The throwback (laughs) Thursday. Throwback Thursday right here on ESPN 1000. So here's our Throwback Thursday question for you, the baseball fan. What is your favorite or least favorite Major League Baseball jersey? What is your favorite or least favorite Major League Baseball jersey? We've got a thread on our Facebook wall, but we want to get your thoughts on this at 312-332-ESPN three three two three seven seven six. And the reason why this comes up is because Eric, you on our, one of our 5 for 5 segments, you asked about uh, my favorite jerseys of all time, and you gave your five favorite jerseys of all time, correct right, yes, yeah, so that was last week, last Thursday, I believe last Thursday, okay, so I gave you my favorite white sox jersey. And that was the 1983 White Sox because that's one of the first teams I remember growing up as a kid, seeing Tom Sievert throw his 300th, uh, guy's 300th win in that jersey, I believe. So that's my favorite. You also own that jersey.
4: I do. That was one of those. I have a Carlton Fisk one. Uh, it was one of those where it fell off the truck. I got it for like a super cheap rate. And it's like authentic. It's really nice. I, I, I enjoy wearing that one.
1: And I have a favorite Cubs jersey. Now, it's not like I would be wearing it because I'm a mean, White one, Sox though. fan. But I like the 77 Cubs jersey. I don't know why don't. they don't wear that anymore. The pajama top, V-neck, baby blue with the Cub on the, on the sleeve. If I was going to wear a Cubs jersey with Chicago across it, i like that pajama Chicago Cubs jersey from 77.
4: What I like a lot about that is that little Cub logo. Like that mascot, yeah. you don't see a lot, and I just really like it.
1: So I li- that, like that was one of my favorite. So besides the Sox one, what were your? I, I, you got to remind me some that you really liked your old school favorite baseball jerseys.
4: Yeah. So uh, like a unique one. My favorite one will come up later as others, but one that uh, a lot of people don't think about is I loved the black Marlin jersey that had like the teal green script of of Marlins across the chest. Just the black and neon green isn't a combination you see very often. A couple of the other ones are pretty common that other people really love. Yeah. Any of the cream blue. There's so many teams that did the cream blue ones, those were always great. The Philly
1: ones, there's a bunch of those. Yeah, so so we're going to get your thoughts on this on a Throwback Thursday, 312332 ESPN. If you're a baseball fan and you have a favorite Old school or least favorite, uh, old school jersey. We want to get your thoughts on that, uh, as well. Cause I see, a, we got a whole bunch of them here on the Facebook wall, Facebook.com, Jonathan Hood. We will, uh, read those coming up and get your calls in here. Also, we'll talk about something, uh, that is interesting about. The intersection of baseball and COVID 19 a little bit later on in our baseball show. But your phone calls next 312 332 ESPN, 332 3776. Our phone number. A throwback Thursday, we're asking you the question what is your favorite or least favorite baseball jersey of all time? That's coming up next. The baseball show is presented by Goose Island Beer Company right here on ESPN 1000. Tonight's baseball show is brought to you by Lucky's Lounge in Chicago Ridge. Stop in and grab a couple of Goose Island White Sox golden ales tonight. Lucky's Lounge in Chicago Ridge is a proud official White Sox bar and is a phenomenal place to watch a White Sox game. Cubs, Sox, Major League Baseball.
3: Baseball's coming back.
1: This is The Baseball Show with Jonathan
0: Hood. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. On Chicago's Home for Sports,
3: ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
0: Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood.
3: Before Snapchat. What is that? Before Twitter. So what's the sitch? There was. you <laughs> Yeah. That's so throwback. All were the good times. Please. That's so throwback.
0: ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Throwback Thursday memories. I see a little silhouette of a man. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Throwback. Put your hair t- <laughs> the throwback. All you need is love.
4: The
3: throwback. Taking it back. throwback. Um. Let's 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 throw back.
1: Back. A throwback Thursday on the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. I want to know, what is your favorite or least favorite MLB baseball jersey of all time? So we talked about the White Sox. We talked about the Cubs as well. We want you to be able to jump in on your favorite. Now, as I mentioned to you, Eric, before, and you've got this jersey, and I've uh, loved this jersey for a long time. I had it as a kid. It's nothing like that vintage early 80s White Sox jersey. Nothing like the vintage White Sox games from Comiskey Park from back in the day. That jersey, and they still roll it out there every Sunday. So I'm a big fan of that. That's the jersey I remember as a kid, and and you wear it proudly when you go to Sox games. I
4: do that. It's it's uh it, it probably gets worn weekly at the house still. Like I wear it around, and then uh, the problem with those jerseys, and I'm not sure how they played with it. They're thick. Like it's yeah. a hot jersey to be out there in the middle of the summer. I I, I got to rep it, so I do. But I, I couldn't imagine running around and playing. And, like, that highlight was Carlton Fisk catching with all the gear and everything else on. The sh- thing was thick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes, it, yes, it is. Baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company at Throwback Thursday. As far as jerseys that you remember, the ones that you're favorite, as far as Major League Baseball jerseys that you owned or really loved as a kid, three one two three three two espn Josh is in Edison Park on the baseball show on ESPN 1000. Hey, Josh. Hey, how's it going? Good. What is, what, give us a, an old-school jersey that you really liked or did not like for baseball. So so I think uh, you, you kind of beat me to it,
3: that uh, that White Sox one. I'm a Cubs fan, but that White Sox one that's got that, like, red socks across the chest, that was pretty cool. And uh, another one I would have to say is probably that, like, early 2000s Arizona Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. I picture, like, Randy Johnson, like, rolling out there. With that, like purplish snake around. Yes, so yeah, those two.
1: I appreciate your phone call because that is the snake going up the side of the A. It was the green A with gold around the A, the outline of the A, and of course, is just the white pinstripes and like the blue, uh, the purple sleeves. Yeah, that was a, a weird look back in the day. But but any time that you have an expansion team that's been around for a while. You just kind of just look at that jersey and say, you know what? No one else has it. I'm going to buy it. I'll give you an example. I've already bought a Seattle Kraken T-shirt. I'm
4: with you on that. That logo, <laughs> I like the mascot of Kraken. The whole thing is cool. And, like, every time a new team comes out like these D-back uniforms, they always throw in some unique colors that you don't see. So we have, like, a purple and turquoise color combination for that D-back jersey. You don't That's see that.
1: It's crazy. On Another thing Thursday. I
4: like about those jerseys is mm-hmm. – uh, you don't see too many. I think the Reds still wear them, but not too many other teams wear the vest with the T-shirt underneath. Right. And that the, the big unit's got the white with the purple sleeves.
1: So that's, uh, yeah, you know what? The Reds do still rock that from time to time. Yeah, I
4: think they're the one of the few that still do.
1: A throwback Thursday on the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. If you remember, can you go back in time and remember your favorite or least favorite Major League Baseball jersey? Three one two three three two. espn is our phone number. How about this one? How about the Houston Astros with the uh, with the orange and the gold across the stripes going back to the 1970s, the J.R. Richard era uh, Astros from the late 70s into a little bit in the 80s, the Astros uniform.
0: Hit well left.
1: Don Drysdale on the call. Must have been one of those ABC Monday Night football, uh, Monday Night Baseball deals. Good to hear the the network call of Don Drysdale. That was the voice of my childhood on White Sox games and network games back in the day. Absolutely. So the Astros, and that's still a thing, by the way. So, uh, Paul Huber came in with that on, on my Facebook, facebook.com. and says he loves the old Astros. I, I've never thought to buy that. I don't think it's ugly. I just think it's very unique, and it's just unique for its time. So, yeah, Paul Huber comes in with that. Robert Soto says that his favorite would be – his favorite has the Kansas City um, Negro League team. He's got K on one – a red K on one side, a a C on the other, and it's got the red and black stripe down the middle. Pretty strong. I like that. Um, And how about this one? How about this one, Eric? Why don't we take a look at the uh, Pirates because James Steele – he says everything about this, and he put a picture of Willie Stargell up. He says everything about this is just hot. The pirates, that we are family pirates from the '70s, with that, with that yellow and the black stripe down the sides, with the pirates across the chest. We are family pirates. Three and one to him. It's a
0: high
3: fly in the deep right center. In way back. That was going, and it is gone. Almost in the same spot as Johnny Benchie in the upper deck and right center. I've never seen so many long drives to the opposite field by right-handed batters that we've had in this game. That's another tremendous shot for a right-hander. 4'50", 4'60". Here's that Clemente swing once again. That bat stay back. Cock. Now a trademark hitting off the front foot. Look at that right foot, the rear foot. A foot off the ground—something that is not advisable as a hitter—is
1: that labeled, Eric? Is that—is that a Kurt Gowdy and a Tony Kubek? Is it, is it labeled on the YouTube? <laughs>
4: I don't know. I honestly—I just wanted to find a good Roberto Clemente highlight, so that's what I went to.
1: <laughs> Sounds like maybe a, a maybe a Tony Kubek, definitely on color. It might have been a Kurt Gowdy. On the call there for that one. Yeah, but the Pirates, we are family Pirates from the late 70s. And just watching Pop Stargell you know, with the yellow uniform with the Pirates. James Steele says he loves that. Let's get your thoughts in here. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. We had our finger on, t- uh, on Southside Tim. We had the, the button pushed, and he just drops off the line. Why would you do that, Tim? Now, now you and I have a problem. Instead, we go to Roger's on the road on the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. What's up, Rog?
3: Doing all right. I tell you, when you mentioned the least favorite, the first thing that popped into my mind was Tony Gwynn mm-hmm. in that terrible San Diego Padres uniform of brown and yellow.
1: 84 in that era?
3: Yeah. he's Here's the, a guy with the class. And the evolution of Rod Carew, of like a slightly more contemporary Rod Carew, but yeah. their uniform was definitely hidden below the Mendoza line.
1: That's <laughs> very well said. <laughs> yeah, but they try to look like a Franciscan, like uh, you know, like a you know, like a monk. That was the that was the gimmick with the Padres, right?
3: I, I think there needed to be some divine inspiration with the uniform design. <laughs> don't disagree.
1: All right. Well, appreciate your phone call, Rogers. Uh, check it in for the road. Leaves line open, 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. The baseball show with Jonathan Hood presented by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000. The Royals lead the Cubs now 3 nothing as Chatwood surrenders a two-run homer to Merrifield. So 3 nothing Kansas City in the bottom of the second. Uh, Tim is in Munster, Indiana on a Throwback Thursday on the baseball show on ESPN 1000. Hey, Timmy.
3: Hey, what a fun, fun topic. You guys do some fun topics, and this is one because I can visualize every one of these jerseys. When he talked about the Padres, I thought, oh, that was one ugly jersey. Yeah, that's true. I have to agree uh, with the with the best. I've always loved the vest. We can talk about Roberto Clemente. That's what I think of as the best. And the White Sox vest. A uh, lot of fans loved the vest. I don't know why they went away from it, but uh, that was my favorite White Sox jersey. And if I had to uh, uh, look at uh, a uh, second one, I would say it would probably be the Oakland A's or the Kansas City A's. I go back that far. Mm-hmm. But they used to have a white with... Uh, with the A on it, and then they wore the uh, green sleeves underneath it, long yep. sleeves, and it was a yep. great look.
1: I remember that. I, m- I remember that uniform. I appreciate your phone call, Tim. That's a, it's a really good one on a throwback Thursday. Um, yeah, I do recall that. So what do we – oh, so Anthony checked in and says that he was an Expos guy. He liked the Expos jerseys. I will admit to you, Eric, just to you, as a kid, when I saw Montreal, right, and they had, like, the – curl of the uh of the M was red, going up to a white and yeah, it yeah. was it was blue and it was like a weird a weird look for an M. I thought it was ELB.
4: I that's fair. No, like I can totally picture how you could like as you were describing the logo I'm picturing it and I can see it. It's like with the little curl at the bottom, it looks like the baseball's in it. I, I see it. No, I, I can see
1: how you make that mistake a as lot. As a kid, as a kid, I had no idea what that what that was supposed to be an M. You know just, something I've never
4: mm. known, and I still don't know is what were the expos? Why were what like why expos? Like what is that? I've never. I guess it's a Google away, and I've just never looked it up.
1: The exhibition uh, that you would have in Montreal it was always a big event, if I can remember that. Um, they ex- they had like this big exhibition in Montreal.
4: Like no, a World's France. Fair type thing. There's yeah, I believe. Kind of yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, like um, for museum, fine the, arts, World's Fair stuff. Yeah,
4: so it was. It was a. It was named after the big '67 Expo World's Fair that yes. was held in Montreal.
1: Yes, that so, it is. Yeah. So, I knew something like that. That they were named after their big events, uh, and so their Montreal Expos. People speak so fondly of the Expos back in the day, and it just—it's so funny you hear it now. It's like, but. I remember when the team was good and no one came to see the team. Who, would want to, who wouldn't want? Who would want to see Randy Johnson? Who wouldn't want to see those you know, quality players? But no one would come. And now in now 2020, it's like, oh, you know, Montreal would be a great spot to have a Major League Baseball team. Yeah, but nobody supported it.
4: Right. It's like their team got stolen. People act well, like that. Well,
1: I, mean, they clo- I mean, fans didn't support it, and they eventually closed the doors on it. Uh, throwback Thursday on the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company, Zach Michael says he likes the Cardinals from the uh, – Looks like I'd say from 84, the two Cardinals on a bat. They still have that, don't they? The two Cardinals yep. on a bat mm-hmm. with the Cardinals. That's always been a nice jersey.
4: I like the Cardinals that are the baby blue ones.
1: Men
2: on early. And a runner at third, nobody out in the first and didn't score. Second and third, one out in the second and didn't score. Smith corks one in the right,
0: down the line. It may go!
1: Joe Buck, uh, Joe Joe Buck, Um, it it was just great to hear Jack Buck on the call. I mean that that's just great. He's just one of the classic voices in all of Major League Baseball. Jack Buck on the call—that's
4: an iconic call too. The go crazy, folks.
1: Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. That's an
4: iconic one.
1: We'll see you tomorrow night. So long, everybody. It was great, man. Evan Thomas says he likes to. You see this on here? The '74 Atlanta Braves. That's now that's a jersey I've never seen in person but Evans you got a picture of him wearing it uh and that is the uh Hank Aaron Braves jersey that's what you how I could describe it when Yeah he
4: it's cool looking I like it a lot you, Like you the, said you don't see him out very often
1: The legendary home run that's what he was wearing Yep uh Hank Aaron
4: Yeah he's got that he actually has the Hank Aaron one I see the picture now
1: Yeah yeah That's, that's really cool Um Luke is in Homer Glenn on ESPN One Thousand, the Baseball Show. What's up, Luke? Hey, what's going on? What's cracking? Not much, man. Not much. Big Sox fan. Yeah, we got to keep them, keep them representing, dude. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. Um, do you have? Yeah. What What do you remember? What do you? What your favorite jersey or least favorite jersey from? When All you were right, a kid. so
2: like, I mean, the Sox one definitely. Like the old school, like the '85. You know, you yeah. had the you know the stripes with the the Sox symbol. Um, you know that. I still got the hat, you know, just with the S-O-X, you know, with the red cap, you know, white, white top. Mm-hmm. Um, but the jersey that comes in mind is the turquoise Ken Griffey Jr. Seattle Mariners jersey.
1: Oh, yes. You yes. know, I
2: mean, just kind of old school, you know, they didn't wear it that much, but, you know, very cool.
1: I'm glad you checked in, man. Appreciate your phone call. Do you see Kenyon on on my Facebook with these turn-ahead-the-clock jerseys. Those are ugly. Yeah, I'm like
4: sorry. the weird ugly All-Star Game one or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah I it, don't like that at all. And and it's, it's a picture of Griffey, if I'm, I'm scrolling up to try to. Yeah. yeah. Griffey, in the defense of Luke, who just called, anything Griffey normally does is cool. Like, I, Griffey just is cool. This jersey where he's wearing a weird star with a giant compass on it, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't compass. like it. <laughs> Yeah, but numbers. I love those
1: those ones that Luke brought up. Antoine uh, Fields says that his favorite all time is the Blue Jays, and that is from '93, the back to back championships for yeah, the Blue that's Jays. Yeah, it's like Joe Carter. Yeah, that's right. Joe, that's right. That's how we have to describe it. Like instead of describing the colors, like the the player, the Joe the moment. Carter, and then you picture the jersey <laughs> in the moment. Yep. Yeah. the Joe Carter Blue Jays jersey was it was tight. I like that. I like that. Um, and people are, you know, Sox fans are coming in with the Richie Zisk, Southside Hitman jersey. Can I just tell you something? I've never said this publicly. I've just, I was never a big fan of the collars.
4: No, it's, that's track. stupid. Just, that there's, it's so weird to have a collar on a, on a uniform.
1: I understand it was nostalgic for its time. And I'm, Eric, you know me, like I'm good. I can flow any way, which way when it comes to old school or new school. But that is just. It just doesn't do anything for me. The collars on the jerseys. I know it's nostalgic. It's cool. But I, I'm no, just not a fan.
4: Yeah. I'm uh, I'm with Chris Sale on those uniforms.
1: Put it that way. <laughs> like the you know, 78 or whatever it was. The hitman. I wasn't a big fan of that jersey. Uh, Dan is on the road on the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company with Jonathan Hood. Hello, Dan.
0: Hey, Jay Hood. How are you, buddy?
1: I'm well. Thanks for checking in. What do you think? Good.
2: So my two least favorite are the Houston Astros from 86. I think that was the last year with that stripe on the bottom. I remember yeah. Mike Scott wearing that one, Yeah. Uh, pitching, and the Padres from 84. But my favorite, not the Mariners, the turquoise that the other color had. I like the old royal blue with the gold. Um, the trident was turned upside down for the M for the Mariner logo. That was a pretty cool jersey back in the day when they had uh, Steve Trout before he came to the
1: Cubs was wearing Oh, wow, something tells me, and I appreciate your phone call, Dan. I think I might have had that as a kid. I can't remember. I know that I've had two Mariners jerseys. It might have been that one. And, I, of course, I had a Griffey jersey, Erica. So I, even as a Sox fan, I was a complete mark for Ken Griffey Jr. Staying up late night to watch those games. I mean, absolutely.
4: Yeah, Griffey was, at my age, when I was, I was like, Prime Little League years, Griffey was everyone's favorite player. Like he was completely. And uh, I know what logo he's talking about. It's awesome looking. It's upside down yellow trident on the hat. So it's like the M for, for a Mariner plus like a, a Sea Gods trident. It's sweet.
1: It's a good it one. Is, it is sweet. I like it. And somebody, by the way, one last thing Daniel sneaked in on uh, Facebook and gave us like the 1918 Cubs. You saw this, right, from Daniel Hansen, where it's got, like, the old school, it's got a, it looks like someone who worked underneath the car, that uniform. It
4: does. It's exactly like, what it
1: looks like. It's, it's like, and it's got the, the cub with the bat between his legs. <laughs> it's unique. To to try to show how big he is, apparently. <laughs> so the jerseys
4: were so baggy then, like that had to yeah. be so disturbing as an athlete.
1: Yeah, I mean your your jersey should not your uniform should not feel like a suit.
4: No, <laughs> not at all, not one bit. Exactly, a zoot suit at that. <laughs>
1: Coming up, we will give you five for five, our last five minutes of the show. We got five topics in five minutes. The baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company with Jonathan Hood, right here in Chicago's home for sports. Tonight's baseball show is brought to you by Lucky's Lounge in Chicago Ridge. Stop in and grab a couple of Goose Island White Sox Golden nails tonight. Lucky's Lounge at Chicago Ridge is a proud official White Sox bar and is a phenomenal place to watch a White Sox game. This is the Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood.
3: Tub, socks, and so much more.
0: Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. This is ESPN 1000,
1: Chicago's home for sports. Darvish pitched well yesterday, and now... Chatwood having a hard time here as the game is in the bottom of the third and the Royals lead the Cubs 3-0 in Kauffman Stadium. It's the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company, Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, ESPN Chicago app. All right, Eric, we got under the hood right around the corner. We are late because we had so much fun with throwback, the hybrid of throwback Thursday and the baseball show at the same time. So we got to get five for five in here. Five for five, five topics, five minutes, but this is a little twist for five for five, is it not? It is. It's a little different. We are, we're picking the top five for
4: ourselves again. Um, We're going to be also, it can be a little nostalgic as well. We're going to do our five favorite nicknames for baseball players. Beautiful thing is when you look up a baseball player on Baseball Reference, they'll list all the ridiculous nicknames there are out there. So baseball is known for their nicknames. as it's a, it's a downtime sport. So there's plenty of them. So, Jonathan, what is your fi- my fifth, favorite nickname?
1: My fifth, my friend, is Charlie Hustle, Pete Rose. Like, because at the time, you're like, what is a Charlie Hustle? Just like Charlie anything, right? But Charlie Hustle, Pete Rose. His, his name isn't even Charlie. Point is, though, is that he hustled a lot and he was just did things extra so, Charlie Hustle, Pete Rose.
4: That's a good one. That's actually a really good one. Mine is going to be kind of a shout-out because my last name is Ostrowski. There's a player named Mark Resipinski who played, and his nickname, because of all the Zs and Cs and Is in it, was Scrabble. So, just because of my nickname, I felt comfortable with going Mark Resipinski Scrabble. Are you sure that's how you pronounce that? Uh, no,
1: not at all. I think it's Zimchinski. I think
4: it is. Why am I telling you I that? I have no idea.
1: I'm I just love that it's Scrabble. It's <laughs> I think, great. It's perfect. I think it's Zimchinski. <laughs> <laughs> What's why? Why did you just? You could use
4: Mekowitz or anything like that. I no, hey, went, went with. I went with that one. That's his nickname. That's <laughs> that's what teammates call
1: them. Shoeless Joe Jackson is my fourth. Great. Did you ever read the story behind that one? About Shoeless Joe? Yes. Yes. I also went to the bar in Rosemont. There we go.
4: Alright, so my number four is also Chicago, Fred the Crime Dog McGriff. Yeah, The Crime Dog. That one was that always one. fun. That was from my youth, and I enjoyed that one a
0: bunch.
1: Number for three? From my youth is Mike Hargrove. Some remember him as a manager. I remember, actually remember him as a player, and you had, had the baseball card as well. Uh, as that ball is gone, nope, it's uh, 4 nothing now, Kansas City leading the uh, Cubs in the bottom of the third. The Human Rain Delay Yes, I saw Mike this Carter. one. That's so good. Okay, so for real, for real, okay? He'd take a, he'd take a strike, adjust his helmet, adjust his crotch, adjust the right um, glove, the left glove. Uh, he'd make sure that he'd crack his neck. He'd sw- take a couple swings before getting in the box. He did that every pitch. And actually, he was called a human rain delay, Eric, but that's commonplace today in baseball. And Everyone's and now, doing now, it. Now,
4: Nomar Garcia-Parr made it popular and cool. Like, it's one of those things that's <laughs> annoying. That's a great nickname for someone who, to me, is one of the more annoying parts of baseball. You're listening to WMVP Chicago. My number three is a man who was a wizard with a glove. So he got the nickname, the Wizard of Oz, Ozzy Smith.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the guy would do great backflips, and he was a treasure over there at uh, shortstop for the Cardinals uh, when I was a kid back in the day. The penguin, Ron Say, is number two on my list. The dude actually ran like a penguin. He did not have not very fleet of foot, and um, he ran like a penguin. So it was perfect. Ron Say.
4: Ron Say. All right. So my number two is going to go in because the nickname was one of those where he happened to look like it. So I'm going to go with Catfish Hunter because that mustache actually looked like catfish whiskers to me.
1: <laughs> and my number one best nickname of all time is Mr. October. It's great. Because uh, you will always know who's Mr. October. It started with Reggie Jackson. And now, like, it was Derek Jeter. It's other people's got it. But Mr. October, meaning that the fall season is for you, Reggie Jackson, Mr. October.
4: I had the same one because nothing stands above, like, that's such a badass nickname. Like, you know who I am. I run the league, come playoff time. Like, that's, let's be called Mr. Super Bowl. Like, that's an awesome nickname. <laughs> so there
1: you go. Five for five right here on ESPN 1000. Our show is produced by Eric Kostrowski. It's presented by Goose Island Beer Company. We are here tomorrow. It's so going to lead you into White Sox baseball to take on the Indians at 6 o'clock right here on Chicago's Home for Sports.